Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to Racing Boys. And if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know, the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done. It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We've got a heck of a show lined up for you today. Chase Rodman is going to join us. Brian Hobart is going to join us, and Aaron Reitzel is going to join us. We've got a loaded show today, folks, just so you know. And um, It's race day today, too. It's it's race day, yeah. The 500 starts at 3 o'clock. How about that? Yeah. Is it going to be on 1510? Uh, yes. We're going to have it on ESPN Kansas City. For those of you tuned in in the Kansas City area that we're located, uh, we'll have the Motor Racing Network coverage at uh, 3 o'clock on ESPN Kansas City. And uh, the Xfinity race was supposed to be on right now. Yeah, but, but they it, moved that to tonight because there were still some lingering showers this morning and right. they wanted to have more time to dry the track. It's all clearing out finally, but Scott, have you ever seen it rain for two solid days at Daytona right when they're the two biggest days of the year? Have yeah. you, I, I mean, you've been down to Daytona many times. I have too, but I don't think I've ever seen it where it's solid rain for 48 hours like it was at Daytona this weekend you know kirk um i'm i'm not the the big uh i I, i'm a a a fan of going down to uh florida during this time as i have done for the last i don't know how many years i've done it probably 15 years probably 15 20 years except for this year yeah (laughs) except for this year but um no i've never seen it rain I, i i've seen it rain down there at at times during the event, but uh, I've never seen it rain for 48 hours. I mean, here we are on Monday. The only races we've seen are the two dual races on Thursday night and that sham of a trick race on Friday night. That was awful. And uh, here we are. We still have two races to go on Monday. I didn't watch that truck race, Kirk. Tell me what happened there. Uh, I'll tell you this. There were... Uh, 101 laps of racing scheduled. 52 of it were under yellow. So 52. does that tell, you all, that tell you all you need to know, that's doesn't a, it? That's all I need to know, yeah. really, Not to be honest with you. 52 laps under yellow. Right. Is that's, that's a little crazy. We had the postman on Saturday morning, and uh, he, didn't, he didn't tout any company line. He said it was, it was terrible. But the race at Phoenix last November was awful, too. So it, not necessarily a super speedway thing for the truck series because the last race of the year at Phoenix was bad. That was also a crash fest. Nick Sanchez won that race, didn't Nick he? Nick Sanchez won. Yeah. We got no Nick out at Kansas Speedway's won a couple of ARCA races out there. So right. I think he's a rising star. But it was not an entertaining race at all. 
And let's hope that uh, we see lots better. I think we will see lots better in the Cup Series today for the Daytona 500 and tonight's Xfinity race. It's got to be better than what we saw on Friday night. Kirk, what? who's your pick tonight for the Daytona 500? Uh, first of all, it's hard to predict, but I'm going to go out. I am I made a conscious effort to choose somebody that's not your normal list of drivers that you would pick. So who's your I pick? I am going to pick Eric Jones in the 43 car in the Toyota Racing for Legacy Motor Club to win this race. 43. How about that? Mm. That's my pick. Yep. Who's yours? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, you haven't thought about it, have you? I, I haven't thought much about it, but to be honest with you, I think that... Uh, what's the guy that replaced um, Kevin Harvick in the four car? Josh, Josh Bell. Barry. Josh, Josh Barry. Barry. I'm picking him. A Ford. Yeah. You know, the Fords qualified well, but they didn't race all that good on Thursday night. The Toyotas uh, seem to step up and race better than the oh, oh, Hold on. Hold on. Now, I, 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 need to, uh, I need to step back just a second because I'm pulling for Christopher Bell to win that well, race. Well, he's got a shot. He's got a shot. He's he, won no the dual race, he won the second duel race on Thursday yep, night. No doubt so about he's it. got a really good shot. Starting fourth. And Tyler Reddick won the first duel, and both of them only led one lap, the last one. But Christopher Bell, uh, I think, is a good pick to win this race. Got a very good chance at it. Well, he, he picked up he picked up the second the the uh, second duel duel right yeah. yeah. Toyota's emerged at the end. That's why I'm thinking they're probably going to race better than both the Chevys and the Fords. I'm not sure the Fords with that new car is, uh, they're fast, but are they going to be able to race together? So that's why I'm picking a Toyota to win. And I, I have to go out on the limb because hey. this this race is so hard to predict. Uh, who's going to come out on top that uh, I'm just going to pick the long shot. Go with that. Ricky. Is my pick a long shot, Josh it's not as big a long shot as Eric Jones, but you know Eric Jones has won at Daytona before. He won a summer race there about five years ago, if you remember. So Maurice says anybody but Larson. <laughs> he doesn't like Kyle Larson. You know, Larson led quite a bit of that first race, and then I don't know what happened there at the end. He got right. shuffled back and didn't finish all that well. Right, no doubt. Not been a he's Larson hasn't really done that well at Daytona and Talladega uh, over the years. He's not even come close to winning one of these races. I, maybe one time he came close, but uh, he's he's not going to be one of my picks to win at either Daytona or Talladega because I I just his history doesn't doesn't make it so you, to to pick Larson. Right, got Kyle Larson sitting at ten to one odds. And Denny Hamlin ten to one, and then every, you know, everybody else. That's is. that's kind of a stretch, to be honest with you, because I think Kyle Larson is maybe one of the odds-on favorites to win that race. Yeah, so they got Kyle setting right, that. but he doesn't have a history at at these uh, super speedway races to right. to lend yourself to support that. Yeah. Right now uh, he's setting okay. at fifteen to fifteen to one, which isn't like he's still in the top five or eight. On their picks, it goes Keselowski nineteen to two, 
which is a strange right. line. I think Keselowski is a good choice because yeah, that's the buddy he has right come now. close a number of times. He's won the summer race before, and he's won, what, five times at Talladega? Yeah. But he's not won the Daytona 500, even though he's come close a couple of times. I think he's a good choice. Hey, to, Kirk, uh, pick. Uh, we, we got breaking news today that Brian Holbert has been named the full-time announcer for the national um, – USAC Midget Series. What do you think about that? Yeah, now you knew. I knew this. You give me a call from the Chili Bowl saying that this was going to happen. Right. So you've known this all along, but they the, the original release that they put out on Brian, that he was just going to go down and do the Florida races. But now after the Florida weekend is over, they USAC put out a release this morning that Brian Holbert's the full-time announcer. So we'll ask Brian. We'll have him on here just a little bit. Was this always going to be the case, or were you going to check and see how things went in Florida this weekend before making a final decision on it? I don't know, right. but uh, I think it's a great choice for USAC for a- Brian. A- Holbert a- have to have be you talked to Brian? Have you talked to Brian? I just texted him. Uh, re- exchanged texts here this morning. So I'm, he, I'm wondering how that affects his duties with ASCS. Uh, well, obviously it'll affect with ASCS, but it doesn't affect his duties with the Chili Bowl. He's going to continue to do everything he's done with the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa Shootout. That will not change. And so uh, with the ASCS, yeah, obviously it's going to affect his duties there. There are going to be all sorts of conflicts with that, but uh, we'll ask him uh, yeah. what uh, where Terry Maddox moves forward. Uh, with the ASCS announcer, uh, he may have some answers for us. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we're going to have Chase Rodman on here as well. Yeah, he's coming up. We have the uh, High Limit Series opening up the season this past week down at East Bay Raceway Park. Kyle Larson and Tyler Courtney winning those two races. And so Chase will come on and give us an update his first weekend as the main voice of the High Limit Series and everything that went on down at East Bay. And he'll be with us on a regular basis, as will Connor Wade. We don't have Connor on this morning because the outlaws are off until the first weekend in March. Right. So then we'll have Connor back on at that time. But uh, Chase will be with us here the next couple of weeks as Highland is right back into it this weekend. So we'll talk about uh, what happened at East Bay and what's coming up with the High Limit Series with uh, our friend Chase Rodman, yep. who we've had on in the past, but he – he was the pit reporter for the World of Outlaws when we had him right. on last year, but he's moved over to the High Limit Series. Connor Wade has stepped in as the I, pit I, reporter hey, for listen, World of Outlaws. I, I thought he did a great job announcing yeah, those good. races, didn't he? Right. I thought he did an uh, excellent job. I, I, I was I was pretty proud of him. What he good how, start? Yeah, good start. Yeah, so no and then the, Tony Laporta, who used to be the USAC announcer, is doing the pit reporting for the High Limit Series. So. Uh, anyway, we'll get uh, get an update from Chase here in just a little bit on everything that's going on. Then you've uh, booked Aaron Reitzel on the show a little bit later on in the hour. Yep, no doubt. And he picked up the championship down there in Australia, didn't he? He won the – it's the Knoxville Nationals of Australia, the classic. He won. And so I'm interested to hear from Aaron on his experience down in Australia and how everything is different right? on car setups and just the whole experience of racing in Australia as opposed to here in the United States. So it'll be interesting to hear his take on everything uh, that went on down and down under 
here about a month ago. So, Kirk, what else we got today? Well, we had, uh, you know, as bad as that truck race was on Friday night, the dirt races out of Belusia Speedway Park over the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. The big, fast half-mile racetrack at Belusia Speedway Park delivered the goods in the World of Outlaw late models this past week. Devin Moran, I I was very impressed with the way he drove that race on Friday night uh, to win the what turned out to be the last race of the weekend because everybody got rained out right. on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, but the modified action down there, too, the big block modified action was pretty thrilling as well, especially when Larry White was leading the race and got caught up with the car up into the cushion in turn number four and then barreled down to the bottom of the racetrack, hit another race car, scooted up into the cushion in turn number one and flipped it. That was all after he was leading the race. Matt Shepard was able to take advantage of all of that and win his second race of the week after Matt Williamson won on Thursday night. So as much as uh, the late models uh, put on a good show down there, I thought the big block modifieds were equally as good at uh, Volusia Speedway Park. And uh, I don't know about you, Scott, but, you know, it was pretty good action right. for the whole two weeks down there with the World of Outlaws, sprint cars, and... The dirt modified, so I thought to uh, put on a great show at Belushi this past couple of weeks. C.J. Leary picked up the win at, down at Ocala. Did you see that, Kurt? I did. He outrun Logan Seavey and Chase Stockton. A much different racetrack at Ocala on Friday night than it had been the previous three nights. It was kind of cowboy up. It was tacky, fast racing, and maybe a little bit too fast on Thursday night when Zach Dom and... Hold on, Kirk. A little bit too fast. What are you saying I there? say that because Zach Dom took a wild ride out of the ballpark. I saw that. four. Yeah. Went over away, the rail. Went over the rail. And that looked far more wild than the ride that Trey Osborne took over the fence in the feature event. And Trey Osborne has a broken back because of it. Mm. And I didn't know that till Marie. We love Marie. She gave us a, we were on here Saturday morning, and and she gave us a, a report that Trey Osborne had broken his back. And I was, uh, I was going by everything that happened in the aftermath, said he walked away, and uh, there were no injuries in the press release from USAC. And I'm thinking, well, he's all right, but. Trey Osborne posted on his Facebook page and social networks the next morning that he said he has a broken back. Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but Cole just mentioned that you're missing the biggest story, the biggest racing news in the entire weekend. Bubba the Love Sponge rolled the water truck at Ocala. Did you know that, Kurt? I did not know that. I'm trying to find. I can't find anything. So, you can't find a video of that? No, I can't find even a news story out of it, so I'm, I'm looking. So if he, is, would that be one of the reasons why it was slick and almost rubber down on Friday night, or did it have more to do with the two flips out of the ballpark? I'm now tending to think that if Bubba rolled the water truck, that's why we didn't see the same kind of racetrack on Friday night as we saw the rest of the time down there. 
You know, uh, Henry, he rolled the water truck down there at Creek County one year. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, Henry. Do you know Henry? I am. Uh, yeah. I had, I hadn't heard that story. Oh, Henry rolled the water but truck. But you know down who can time. give us the official update on all of that here a little bit? Brian Holbert. He was there, so he'll uh, he'll fill us in on all the details of the rolled water truck and the different track conditions on Friday night than they were the rest of the week. I'm sure that Justin Grant didn't like the change in the racetrack because he had won the previous three nights at Ocala Speedway. And when the track changed, that all fell into place for C.J. Leary, who was able to walk away with the uh, final win. Of course, it rained out on Saturday night. They, You know, they called off Saturday night's race at the end of Friday night's show. They told everybody on Friday night after the feature said, we know the rain's coming, so this is it. We're, We're not, done. We're done. So, And East Bay did the same thing. They called off. Saturday night, they ran the Ronald Laney Memorial Race on Friday night. Ryan Timms coming up with the big win. And that that was supposed to be on Saturday night, the Ronald Laney Memorial. But they, they knew that the heavy rains were coming. And so both East Bay and Ocala decided on Friday night that they weren't coming back on Saturday. Now, Volusia waited till Saturday to pull the plug on their show, but... Uh, Rain all over Florida on Saturday and Sunday, and no racing to talk about from Saturday and Sunday. Um, you talk about Ryan Timms picking up that victory down there at the King of the 360s, the Ronald Laney Memorial. Um, man, that that's always a big race, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is. I know uh, Austin McCarl, who won on Thursday night, and, you know, that's a big track for the McCarl family. Terry McCarl had gone down there for years and done well down there and won a bunch of races You tried down to there. get a hold of Austin, didn't you? I did. I tried to reach out to right. Austin, wasn't able to make contact with him. Uh, but he uh, he had a fast enough car. He was leading again in the Ronald Laney Memorial, and here comes Ryan Timms pulled a major slide job on uh, Austin McCarl. I'm not sure Austin appreciated that all that much, but uh, that was uh, – that was a pretty slick move that Ryan Timms made. I was impressed with the way he raced that racetrack. Ryan Timms continues to impress as young as he is, uh, winning a big race coming from 14th starting spot, Scott, to win right. that race on Friday night. But better than that, to be honest with you, Aaron Reitzel came from 20th and ran all the way up to 5th. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. 20th to 5th. That's not bad. Which, again, says you better qualify well and get good starting spots in these races or you're going to have a hard time yeah, winning. no doubt. Coming from 20th to win is probably not doable no matter how good you are, even if you're Aaron Reitzel. But that's right. still pretty impressive to get a top five showing after starting as far back as he did. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break when we come back. Chase Rodman is going to join us, right? He's going to be our first guest. Yep. yep. Talk about high limit racing, the season opener last week at East Bay. Man, I can't wait to talk about the high limit race. That is going to be a lot of fun. Chase Rodman joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned.
listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring
outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spark car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show, he, he did such a great job calling those races the other night. Uh, Chase Rodman joins us now. Chase, how you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, not, uh, not not going on too much today for me, at least. Uh, just got back in the gym. Uh, got a meeting a little bit later on with... The uh, guys at, at High Limit and Flow Racing to try and get everything dialed in for this week. Um, and wanted to say uh, congrats. Sounds like this is your guys' 300th episode. Congrats on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's our 300th episode. For the first year, we did it five days a week. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we did the first first year of the show. I tried to do a show every day. And, um, it, it 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 was a little difficult to line up the guest and be able to get guests on all the time, but um, we we've uh, we're happy that it's our three hundred episode. How about yeah. that, Kurt? Yeah, I'm happy that we're made it this long. You know, Chase, we're old guys, so uh, this is about our speed. You know, just uh, don't try to overdo what we can handle. That's kind of the way well, we should do things when you get to be yeah, our age. I started doing my uh, YouTube channel here, and I told myself from the very beginning I was not going to make it a uh, a daily a daily thing because <laughs> that is a huge commitment. Um, and if you don't make it happen, people are going to be asking you what's going on, and yeah, it no just kind of consumes your life. I feel like so. Um, yeah, I, I I can see why you stepped away from that, and I think doing it you know once or twice a week is probably the right amount. Right, no doubt. Hey, listen, let me just tell you this. I thought you did a fantastic job calling those races the other night, but Hey, thanks guys. Yeah. I mean, at the first night, um, you know, I was obviously really nervous and a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, it was just overwhelming really with everything that was going on, trying to get the, the sponsors and everything for 56 cars showing up and 
you know, trying to remember all the sponsors for the for the series and the broadcast and trying to remember the, the playlist deal and, you know, just all the things that go along with announcing a race. But, you know, obviously on a huge stage, uh, obviously people were expecting a lot, uh, you know, from high limits. So it was definitely nerve-wracking, um, and I was a little bit worried going in, you know, just trying to – I didn't know if I was ready enough or if, if you know – it was the if it's a job that I can I can handle and do on a stage like that, you know. Um, but honestly, with it, with it raining out that first night, it was kind of a I thought it was kind of a blessing for me because you know got the nerves out, didn't have to do the whole show, but then kind of realized, hey man, like you know, once I get into a rhythm here, it's gonna be all right. So I thought raining out that first night was big uh, for me at least, and come back and and try it again the next day, and I felt pretty solid the next day, you know, as far as trying to get into that rhythm a little bit, kind of was memorizing sponsors and stuff like that for drivers and, and getting more into the pace of the show and stuff. So um, I appreciate you saying that. I, I still, there's definitely still a lot of room for improvement and whatnot, uh, two races in. So hopefully after this weekend, we'll be right up to speed with uh, where we expect to be at. It helps. Hey, uh, let, me, let me ask you this. What were your nerves going into that first night? Were, were, were you amped up a little bit, just a little bit? Yeah, I was, I was definitely amped up. Um, you know, I and they did that deal at the very beginning where um, I'm like on camera uh, to open the show, and you know, obviously I've been on camera a lot here the last couple of years, but it was definitely nerve wracking. That I don't know why, but I was like super nervous for just being on camera for that part. It was in a different setting, up in the booth or whatever, you know. So um, I don't know, man. It's just I know I know how important the announcer is to not just a racing series, but just in any sport, really. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's such an, a pivotal role and that's what, you know, Mike Larson, he texted me after the races, you know, that's uh, Kyle's dad and said that, you know, he said something about, you know, the announcer sometimes is the most important person uh, for a series, you know, and I, I knew that going in, right. it's a super important deal. And a lot of people are listening and, you know, the way that you, you know, uh, portray the show over the, you know, over the stream and stuff like that. Uh, that's, I mean, it gets people wanting to come back or it gets people to not want to come back, you know? So yep, no doubt. I know there's a lot of pressure on it and I was definitely nervous, but like I said, the second night I felt like I was, I was much more calm and hopefully that's the case again, uh, you know, going into next week too. It helps to have a great race to call too. And, uh, it delivered the goods, uh, Tyler Courtney winning that, uh, that second race over there, so it helps when the racing is good, right? Yeah, that's uh, something I told somebody else. I was like, man, uh, it's easy to be an announcer when the race is good and there's a lot going on. Uh, the really good announcers, they, they're good because they can make a race that's not very exciting, exciting or at least interesting to watch and follow along with. Uh, and that's something I know I need to work on is if the race is you know kind of single file and not very exciting, then I got to work on trying to make that a little bit better for the fans watching at home, you know. But luckily, uh, we didn't have to worry about that this week, and both features were, were definitely exciting. The racetrack was in good shape, and it made it way easy to call. So hopefully uh, with the, the, the roster we've got at high limit, we won't have to worry about, uh, you know, boring races very often. So uh, yeah, hopefully no, that's the case. No doubt about it. Uh, Kyle Larson picks up night number one. Talk about that race a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, he, he started up front and led every lap, but, you know, if you look at the, the box score and you see he led 25 laps, I mean, that doesn't tell the whole story. I felt like there was a couple guys that were definitely 
uh, as fast as him. And I think one of them was faster than him, and that was uh, Justin Peck. Unfortunately, got into it with a lap car there uh, and folded up the front end. He's had a terrible start to the high limit season. Um, I think he was definitely the car to beat. He was all over Larson going into traffic and unfortunately got into that accident. But, you know, then Larson, then maybe it's like, oh, now Larson's going to win. You know, Peck, his closest competition, he's out of the race. But then, you know, here comes Tanner Thorson from out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting to see him have the kind of speed that he showed the first two nights out there. It was awesome to see that. A lot of people were doubting him and his team that they couldn't compete. Uh, and people are probably still doubting them that they're going to make it through the whole season. But I'd say a weekend to start off like that is, is good for them. And then Colt Macedo, uh, I mean, what about that podium? I mean, you had Larson winning. Okay, that's, that's kind of, you know, status quo. But then Tanner Thorson and Cole Macedo on the pole. Don't think many people expected that to happen. But um, I thought it was awesome. You know, Kyle made some really cool moves through traffic to make it interesting. And Tanner and, and Cole Macedo, and I think Brad and a couple other guys were back there that were de- battling for the podium spot. So a lot of action the whole way through. And I really got to give a hat tip to the East Bay track crew, man. I was worried for that second feature, but they turned it around in just over an hour and gave them maybe even a better track than the one before that. So what did you think of the track conditions over the weekend? What what did you think about those? Uh, I know Cole Macedo, um, and and let's just face it, that's a big big accomplishment for Cole, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal for him for sure, uh, especially him. It was his first night in that car. Um, and, you know, from the sounds that that, you know, Kevin Newton, I mean, he's got a lot of equipment and things like that. But from what I've been hearing and whatnot, it sounds like he's got like one of everything. And he's got one, one engine from each different manufacturer. He's got one chassis from each different manufacturer. It's a, it's a whole mixed bag of stuff there in his trailer. Uh, but, you know, we've had it. There's been a couple guys jump in the car, and and they show speed. And Cole Desito may be the best one that he's had in the car so far. I mean, that was a very impressive run. You know, got the heat race win, and then right there finished second in the feature. Got by Thorson at the line. Definitely a really cool accomplishment for him, and a really cool accomplishment for Kevin Newton, who seems like a really really cool guy. Will help anybody. Uh, we saw that at uh, at Dirt Car Nationals when he just threw Bill, Bill Daylog into his other car and. And then Wayne Johnson was telling me that at one point he was going to drive his car at at, uh, at Volusia too because his he blew a motor or something. So Kevin Newton willing to let anybody you know borrow his stuff or or whatever you know. So yep. that was cool to see him get rewarded, giving Cole Macedo a shot there and getting on the podium, and then Kevin Newton himself put in the show. So definitely a cool weekend for that team. Yeah, Corey Day and Brad Sweet are tied for the lead in the points right now, 133 points apiece. Um, talk about that a little bit, Corey Day. I'm telling you, he's going to be a star someday. What do you think? Well, I think he already might be. Uh, I mean, I know it's still early. You know, he's only 18, but leading the high-level points. I know it's only two races in. But, uh, you know, later today I'm going to be doing a power rankings video on my on my YouTube channel, and I've got him at the top. Uh, you know, Brad Sweet, uh, I mean, he's Brad Sweet, right? He's tied for the point lead, but he really didn't have a spectacular weekend or you know opening two nights i mean he started on the front row of both features and did something that we don't normally see with him he went backwards and he went from first to fourth and second to third i think were his two finishes right i mean it's not very often that brad sweet starts on the front row of a feature and goes backwards and doesn't finish first or second um so i don't think that his car was in the right spot where it needs to be he'll probably get better but uh it's definitely cool to see Corey day you know i think he was sixth and second he went forward in both shows so right um 
Yeah, I mean, Corey, after this weekend, I think I had his win total a little bit low. I think I had him for about five or six. I think he can get up to maybe eight or nine. Uh, he was fast right out of the gate, obviously, first time to East Bay, and uh, he picked it up pretty quick. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, we always say this about Brad Sweet. He is consistently a top-five guy no matter where he runs, right? He's always in the top five. Seems yeah, like. always in the top five, and that's that's what's going to, you know, win him a uh, win the championship for him if, if he can make it happen. You know, Rico was kind of the guy that we all thought would be his closest competitor, and, and Rico, I mean, he just wasn't that great this weekend or that, that last race. I mean, he finished seventh the first race after starting fifth, so he went backwards in that one. And then in the second one, I mean, he was kind of running right there around the top five, but he was kind of making some moves and putting himself in positions to where, you know, it, it, we notice right away that uh, if he keeps doing that, he's not going to win the championship. He's putting himself in bad spots, you know, climbing over the right rear Zeb Wise and then making a big move for one position on the last lap, which results in him running 17th, you know, getting upside down. He's going to have to clean things up like that. He's got to think more about the, the big picture uh, to win this championship, and I'm a little bit worried about Rico right now. I know he's going to be fast, but he can't be having moments like that if he wants to contend with Brad, or or Brad's going to you know drive away with this thing unless Corey can keep him honest here. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's he's currently 12th in the points. He's only got one top 10 finish. He's 35 points behind the leaders right now. Um, he's going to have to step up his game a little bit more, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think the car was definitely fast. It's just, it's more about him and, and putting himself in a good spot and, and not making, you know, some bad decisions like we saw there on that last lap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, but obviously, you don't want to be 35 points behind, 12th in points after the first two races, especially with a guy like Brad Sweet in the series. You know, it's no gonna doubt. Be tough to, he's, he's not going to run outside the top 10 very often uh, throughout the year. So, Rico's going to have to hope that. You know, he can uh, get back uh, to his his normal speed and, and make some good decisions and hope that Brad uh, has a couple of issues here uh, because, like I said, uh, and it's kind of the same boat with Carson Macedo right now in the Outlaws. I mean, he's way back there. I think he's like seventh or eighth in points and almost 100 behind David Gravel after the first four races. He hasn't, he hasn't got a single top ten, you know. So I'd say they're kind of not in the exact same position but probably close. Yeah, of course, uh, the uh, 41 41- Jason Johnson team got a couple of new crew members are going through some things right now just to kind of get things together over there. So uh, I think they'll get it, uh, but uh, some growing pains over there for sure. How about Parker Price Miller coming from 23rd to 6th in that second A main? That's a pretty good run. Yeah, great run for him. Uh, you know, I'm just really hoping that uh, with Bernie helping him out and, and, you know, this whole new, this whole high limit deal, it's all brand new. A lot of people are excited about it. I hope that Parker can make it throughout the whole season. You know, we've seen him a couple times try and run the Outlaw Tour or run the All-Stars or whatever it is, and he can't seem to complete the entire season. But I think with a guy like Bernie going to every single race uh, and and having good runs, like a 23rd to 6th, that's going to keep his spirits up and and keep him in the game. Um, So, uh, yeah, excited to see what he can do for the rest of the year. I think he'll get a a win or two, maybe three, uh, especially when he heads back towards uh, his kind of home territory there. So, uh, good run for him, and there was a couple other guys that had some good runs. I mean, Chris Windham, I think, ran seventh one night. Uh, you know, Jacob Allen had a ninth or a tenth. Um, it, the roster is just—it's so interesting. Uh, I feel like it's so diverse. Um, you know, and that's what is kind of exciting about High Limit. 
You know, I feel like it's it might be harder to to win an outlaw race than it is a high limit race, but I would argue that it might be run t- it might be tougher to run top ten with the high limit than it is to run with the outlaws right now. Yep, no doubt. Uh, do you think? Uh, what do you think the chances of Brent Marks uh, winning the championship? Do you think he's got a chance at it because he's only thirteen points behind and Tyler Courtney's only nine points behind? Those two guys got to be what some of the favorites to to maybe pick up this championship. What do you think? Yeah, I think Tyler for sure is uh, definitely in the top three between him, Rico, and Brad. I think that those are the three guys that you're going to be watching battle out for this championship. I think Brent's going to – I put it – I did a top ten prediction a couple weeks ago, and I think that I had Brent in fifth. Um, but with McFadden – I had McFadden in fourth, and now obviously he's missed the – he's going to miss the first four races. So that would probably propel Brent to fourth. I just – I don't know how Brent's going to do – when it comes to the West Coast, right? I mean, right. that is a significant part of the schedule. And Brent Marsh hasn't been to the West Coast in five plus years since he was with the Outlaws. Um, and I don't recall him being uh, exceptional when it came to that side of the, the, uh, the country, right? I mean, there's nine, I think there's no, 11, 12 races on the West Coast. And when you only have 59 races, man, that's a fifth of the schedule right there. And uh, you can't be bad for a fit of the schedule and expect to win a championship. So I think for Brent, if he can get to Cal- out of California right there, kind of close to Brad within 50 points, then maybe he can, he can be a, a title contender. But for me, the top three is definitely Rico, Sunshine, and, and Brad uh, for the championship. And then Brent's fourth. You know, if McFadden didn't have his visa issues, I think he could have been up there as well. Uh, what happened in that one incident there? Courtney uh, did get a little bit sideways. Larson got caught up in that. As great a first race he had, Larson, uh, not so good that second feature. But what happened in that uh, big mix-up coming out of turn four that one time? Yeah, I mean, when I watched the replay, it kind of looked like that, you know, Tyler, like, spun the tires or something. And we yeah. kind of saw that in that race. I think it was that same race where – like later on, Corey Day was on the outside of the front row for a restart, and he would be like five car lengths behind going into turn number one. And I think it was kind of the same situation for that initial start. Sunshine was up there kind of in the middle where it was slick. He maybe put the power down, spun the tires, and then looked like Spencer Baston, a little you know, domino effect, got into the back of him, turned him sideways and right into the side of, uh, I think it was either Selzy or, or Larson there. So. Um, definitely a wild start. That whole feature was wild, man. There was a lot of crazy things that happened. You remember the Rico thing with Zeb and the wreck? I mean, Larson got in three wrecks and just a whole bunch of wild stuff going on, you know? So, um, I'm not really sure. I didn't, I didn't ask any of those guys what happened from their vantage point, but it looked like according to that replay that Sunshine spun the tires a little bit there and, and got hit from behind. How in the world did Rico keep from flipping that race car when he got up there, get the squeezed up into the fence? I think he got pretty lucky. Um, I mean, he was the, – the, the rear end of the car was about as tall – was up where the fence was at, the top of the fence. Uh, he was looking straight down at the racetrack there, and I think that he was probably himself expecting to go over. Crazy stuff. Uh, it, it provided a really good thumbnail for the, for the highlight video, though, for Flow Racing, um, for sure. And then, you know, it was kind of interesting. It was the tale of two, two worlds there. As Rico was looking straight down at the racetrack there, and that – or in that portion of the race, and then at the end, he was looking straight up at the sky when he when he flipped. Um, so yeah, I don't know how he kept that thing going. I don't know how the car was not broken. That was the part that was craziest to me. You know, you ramp off the wall and off a right rear like that, the car does not have any damage to it. 
and uh, he was able to keep going and was on his way to a you know a fifth or a sixth place run even after that. But you know we know the results now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I thought the biggest headline out of the whole week was the car count: fifty-six race cars. What was expected on this opening weekend? Fifty-six. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was 56 on the first night, and then we had 58 for the second uh, race. We gained two cars after that. Um, and I, you know, I hate to keep bringing up my, my YouTube deal, but I, I did a pr- uh, preview for it, and I had, like, 34. That was kind of what myself and uh, Brian Walker and Anthony Carini, that's kind of what we had put together of, of guys saying on Facebook, you know, hey, I'm coming to East Bay, or we saw it on Twitter, or – you know, we went to Volusia that final night, and we're kind of asking a couple guys in the pit area, right? And I kind of had it around 35, and then I have no idea where all these guys come from. But I feel like East Bay is one of those tracks where if they have a big, big race, people show up. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, we had an, a guy, Aiden Schmidt, drove all the way from Hobstadt, Indiana, to run there. Um, and he ran the King of 360s later on. But, like, that's just a guy that, like, how, how do you predict that he's going to be there? You know? Right. Um, 56 cars was way, way more than I think anybody on the High Limit crew was expecting. But definitely a cool way to kick off the season with a huge car count. All right, this weekend you're at Golden Isle Speedway. Are you racing on Thursday and Saturday? What's the schedule this weekend? Yeah, so Thursday, Saturday uh, for the for the High Limit. And then I think the Lucas Late Models, I don't know if they run all three days. I think they run just Friday and Saturday maybe. Um, so we, yeah, we run Thursday for our Thursday, Saturday on Thursday. It sounds like we're going to have, uh, uh, Brandon Overton and Tim McCready are going to call the heat races for the, for the high limit sprint cars. Um, uh, they'll join me up in the booth there. And then on Saturday, from what I heard, and I'm not sure if this is hundred percent confirmed yet, but, uh, going to be me, Dustin, Jared, and James Essex calling not only the sprint car, but I'll join them for the late model race as well. So, uh, it's going to be a cool weekend, I wow. think, to try and help you know bridge the gap between late models and sprint cars. Especially Larson will be there; he'll run both divisions. Um, I think it's going to be a really cool way to try and get maybe some late model guys that don't watch sprint cars to you know, and maybe some sprint car guys that don't watch late models. You're going to have right. you know the late model announcers calling the uh, the sprint car race. You're going to have me calling the late model race. You know, so right. um, I think it's going to be a really cool weekend overall. Have you ever been to Riverside International Speedway? Have you ever been down there? I have never been. The next couple of races, I, I haven't been to any of them. So, never been to Golden Isles and never been to Riverside. Um, and then I can't remember where we're at after that, but I don't Tech think Tarkana. I've been. Yeah, never been there before. Never been to Red Dirt. Uh, never been to Texas. Um, I'm probably missing one in there, too. But, yeah, the next couple of weeks, man, I no tracks I've ever been to. Hey, let me just tell you something about River Ni- Riverside International Speedway. I've seen some of the best races that I've ever seen in my lifetime at that racetrack. Just so you know. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get there. You know, it's the first race for the uh, midweek money series. Going to make twenty thousand to win. Um, and you know, I feel like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that area of the country doesn't really get to see you know four ten sprint cars and and the superstars of those types of cars. They don't really get to see. Uh, that type of racing too often. I know there's a lot of 360 stuff around there, uh, but really excited for that. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Riverside. I've seen uh, some video. Well, there was a race where, like, Richie Stenhouse uh, was in a midget or something. He did, like, a front flip and kept going in the midget, and there right. were some really good uh, features I've seen there, whether it was a wing car or a, or a, or a midget, you know. So um, 
But, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule right now, guys. And uh, so Golden Isles, Riverside, Texarkana, Texas, RPM, Red Dirt, Southern Oklahoma, and Salina. Those are the next what looks to be seven tracks. I have not been to a single one of them. So it's going to be a fun couple weeks. Yeah, no doubt. Good job, Chase. We look forward to this weekend with the late models and the sprint cars together. That uh, That's going to be quite a show this weekend. Yeah, well, I think it is. I that, appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, next Monday we'll probably do it all over again, I'm sure. Well, yep. you know, we'd seen the late models here a couple weeks ago uh, at Golden Isle Speedway, and uh, the track prep uh, looks to be really good there. So I think we're going to hey, see a great hey, show. Hey, just so you know, Derek Hagar – he, he's not a full-time runner with the, the High Limit Series, but let me tell you something. When he shows up down there at Riverside International Speedway, you got to take him serious because that guy knows how to wheel around that racetrack. Derek Hagar, just remember that name. Yeah, one of my favorite guys in all of racing. I'm excited to see what he can do against High Limit when we get down there uh, for a big payday. So. I've heard he's gotten a couple of wins around there and a lot of good runs, so looking forward to seeing what old Hagar can do down there. Yep, no doubt. Chase, thanks for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll talk to you next week, bud. Thank you. All right, see you guys. All right, thanks, Chase. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Brian Hobart joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And I've traveled up and down the road with this guy for many, many a years. Brian Hobart joins us now. He is officially the voice of USAC National Series. Brian, how's, how's that feel to be the, the, the voice of USAC? How's that? 
Uh, one of those phone calls I never thought I'd ever get. Right. It's, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's kind of like when you guys ran into me when I worked in Las Cruces, you know, and asked me, you know, is this something you ever thought about doing for a living? And kind of looked at you going, uh, I'm just like uh, nobody from nowhere. Like, why are you asking me? And, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited for it and just really honored and humbled that they, they would even have me to be a part of, of USAG. That's an organization with a lot of history and, you know, definitely massive shoes to fill with, you know, Chet and the work that he did. And, right. You know, that's in, I'm the only thing I can do is just go in and be me and just have some fun with it. Hey, you did a fantastic job last weekend, but just so you know, I, I think you did a great job. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a little getting used to. And, it, it, you know, I've grown up in wing racing my whole life and, but I've always, I've always loved non-wing racing. I thought it was probably some of the most, if not absolutely the most intense form of sprint car racing and in racing in general with the way the cars are, how wild they are. I mean, you can see it even in midget racing where the cars are just explosive. And, you know, Florida proved that with these guys. We had, you know, end up getting six of the seven nights in. Unfortunately, Mother Nature came in at the very end, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was, it's going to take some getting used to mainly because I don't have these great big cheater sideboards to look at to, to see the car numbers, but right. You know, it, they they gave they kept me on my toes, you know, especially when they would get in traffic because it's without the wings on, it's real easy to lose a leader in traffic. Hey, Brian, congratulations. Uh, nothing you. changes with your duties at the Chili Bowl and Tulsa Shootout, right? Everything remains no, that's the one same? Of the, that, that's one of the fortunate things is I'm, I'm still able to, to work in Tulsa and, and, you know, work for the Shootout, work for the Chili Bowl. I still get to work with Emmett and Donna and Matt and everybody here and, um, you know, kind of the benefit of the job is travel. So, you know, especially with having my wife and my kids, it's it's tough to uproot a family and move them. And with the way USAC has laid their schedule out, it's very methodical. It's very well laid out where a lot of times I can, you know, leave Thursday, be back on Sunday, kind of what I've been doing the last few years. And of course, you know, you get into months like June and July where, yeah, it, it's going to be a crazy stretch. And, you know, I might be out for for a week, week and a half at a time there, but the benefit of my wife being a school teacher is luckily during the summer, you know, she's she's at home, so that's going to help a lot. Yeah. Hey, Brian, is my mic on, Todd? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry about that. Hey, Brian, let me let me just ask you this: How's this affect your duties with ASCS and Terry Maddox? Is that going to interfere with it a little bit? With with going to USAC, I'll I'll officially step away from ASCS. I got you. And so, what's Terry going to do now? I don't know. Um, but you know, when all this came up, and you know, he I made sure, and I and I talked to him face to face. It was during Chili Bowl to to let him know, like, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to Florida. It's it's kind of a test run to see how it know, goes. If, if I would be a fit, and if they'd want to to bring me on for the full thing, and you know, and Terry's. You know, he's my friend, and, you know, yeah, he was my boss. He was my friend a long time before that. And he said, you know, if any, any way you can do to better yourself or better your situation, he goes, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be all for that. And, you know, shook hands, and, you know, he's, you know, even the first day he texts me and goes, man, I'm really proud of you. I hope you do a great job. So, yeah, no, well, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's a lot of new tracks, a lot of new places. Um, 
you know, got to go to Volusia for the first time and I was down there and that place is, is insanely fast. Then put on a great show, the whole crew down there and, you know, getting to, to work with world racing group really for the first time and, and see how they kind of run things and integrate and work with USAC. And it, it was great. I mean, there was, the back and forth, the communication was all really good. The difference in the broadcasting styles and learning kind of how they do things versus how Flo does things, how Dirt, you know, Dirt 2 does things. It's it's interesting to see how that all comes together. Yeah. What did you think of Volusia? Place is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's fast. You know, it? It, it is. And it's funny for a half mile. And I made this comment. I said it races like a three eighths, right? And it has a lot to do, you know, with the way it's shaped and and the way they carry speed there. I would put Volusia on the same plane as Knoxville, as far as it's a yes, it's a half mile, it's a bigger track, but you're able to actually race and pass. You know, a lot of times you see half miles where once they get strung out, and and I'll use Sedalia as an example because the races I've seen there. Once they get going, it's tough to make up any ground, whether you're in a 410 or a 360 or a late model, it doesn't matter. And that's not a dig at, at Sedalia. It's just the general shape and the way the track races versus Volusia or Knoxville or Eldora, where you can really get up and move around and make up some ground. Hey, uh, Brian, let's talk about the racing, the winter dirt games completed. A very interesting uh, time at Ocala Speedway, where the track was very fast except for the final night. Uh, we heard some reports that uh, Bubba had some issues with the water truck. Can he, you, did can he you roll, give us any uh, details on that? Hey, did he roll the water truck? Uh, that's what I saw on social media this morning. I that I don't know when that happened, because um, like I, saw, I saw the water truck when we were there on Friday, and then Saturday, of course, you know, Mother Nature moved in and, and washed out everything. So I did see that this morning. I'm just thankful he wasn't hurt on the deal. I saw where he posted he, you know, lost a little bit of hide off the back of his leg and you know, that that could have been a bad deal. So I'm lucky he, you know, very fortunate that and thankful he was not hurt on that cuz you know, that oof, that could have been bad. Of that that I've seen some that don't turn out very good. So, you know, it was he was fortunate. Hey, hey just so you know, I I was talking about it a little bit earlier. Henry, he rolled the water truck down there at at, at uh, Creek County one night, didn't he? Yeah, Harry, oh, Harry, and that was a deal where he went to turn, and the just the the load in the back of the truck just it hit just right, and you know once that happens, physics takes over, and you're just kind of along for the ride, and you know same thing. Luckily, you know he was okay on the deal, but now the the whole winter dirt games was was a lot of fun. Of course, Justin Grant going in and and really kind of serve and notice that, you know, he's definitely going to be in contention. And Logan Seavey in Abacus, their first season in sprint cars. I mean, we've seen what they can do in the other divisions, and now they're coming in, then every night they finish on the podium. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, yeah, very impressive the way CB has started out at uh, in the Abacus uh, full-time ride in the sprint cars. But a little bit concerned about Brady Bacon. Not such a good weekend to start for brady not not too oh, good man it's if if that's one of those if if lady luck was ever gonna gonna walk away she she picked a bad time to do it because he had easily top five runs going every night it seemed like and just something would happen something would get in the way and 
you know, even the last night, you know, tire wear became an issue there at the end. But at the same time, it ended up being a really inter- interesting race because of how the track was progressing. And we saw on the restart, you know, in one and two where you really couldn't run that rubber all the way through. You had to kind of move around and find it. And it allowed the top to still be there to where, you know, CJ was able to diamond off and, and get the pass there in the closing laps. Yeah, oh, no. say a big win for CJ Leary on Friday night. Uh, concerned about Trey Osborne. I didn't realize that uh, he broke his back when he flipped over the fence. The, the wreck by Zach Dom looked far more uh, wild than the one Trey Osborne took. But yeah, no uh, doubt. I didn't know till Saturday morning that Trey Osborne had actually broken his back. Yeah, and it's that direct stop. And, and Zach's was insane. But the difference in his is it's dissipating energy. Yeah. And he was able to really kind of dissipate a lot of that. And, you know, luckily everything was fine. He was good. You know, and uh, Drake was able to go down and do an interview with him a little bit later on and, and show that, yep, he's, he's there, he's good to go. And then with Trey, it was that just sudden jolting stop. And we've seen that so many times in racing where, yeah, you can flip and you're fine, but that hard impact, even if, well, look at Kevin Swindell. That's another example. The crash didn't look bad, but that jarring stop right no doubt you know and that's that's what got him on that deal and and luckily you know uh, Dave Sharpley you know he's been in contact trying to make sure that he goes to the to the right people and that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't get to see behind the scenes is somebody like you know with sharp with the sharper advantages yeah you know he's in the business of of selling the inserts and, and trying to protect the drivers but first and foremost he wants to make sure that the drivers in a case where they do get injured they're able to get to and see the right people so they can get back and, and get recovered. And that's something that I don't think he gets enough recognition for. Justin Grant didn't have uh, – he, he had a pretty good weekend, but he ended up running 12th, I believe that was on February 16th. Friday night. Uh, Friday night that he, he ended up running 12th. That wasn't a very good run for him, was it? You cut out at the very start there. Had a, had a tire go down, didn't he, Justin Grant? Justin Grant, did he have a tire go down? Yes. Yeah. He was fast. Yeah, down he, had, he had a tire go down. Uh, Brady was running in, on the podium there at the end, and tire went away on the last lap for him. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Brian, we're we're so proud of you, man. Listen, I don't know, how many years did we travel up and down the road together? Uh, 2010, up until uh, you hung it up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm so proud of you. Uh, I, I just can't think of you enough of, of what you're going through right now. You are well deserving of the being the announcer of USAC, and I I just I'm so proud of you, man. I just can't I I can't Thank tell you. you how how proud I am of you, really. To be honest you know, with and you, if it wasn't for you know, I think back if it wasn't for, you know, Holly Jones and Royal taking a, a chance on me when I first got started and then, you know, with with you and Emmett and, and Don and everybody taking a chance on me to to announce for for ASCS and for a shootout and Chili Bowl and now, you know, getting the opportunity to to announce for USAC, it means a lot that there were people that were willing to take that chance and are still willing to take that chance to let me be a part of their series and a part of their races. It, it means it means the world to me, the people who have helped me get here. Yeah. And our good friend Pat Sullivan will step in from time to time to help you out, will he not? Oh, yeah. he'll More than likely I'll see him at all the Silver Crown races, and I know he's 
you know, he he's one of my one of my idols and heroes in the sport of everything that that he's accomplished and does, and and that's one that I'm really looking forward to to working with because he's he's probably forgotten more than I'll ever know about this sport, and you know, it's been a lot of fun. And then working with Richie and Spridge and everybody, um, great people to work with, very organized, very professionally run shows. When it's time to work, it's time to work. When it's time to play, it's time to play. And you know they've they've been very welcoming. The the entire crew has just been very welcoming, and you know it's it was kind of like slipping on an old pair of shoes. Well, let me tell you something. The one race that I am anticipating more than any other this year is Belleville when the Silver Crown cars return in May. I was at that event last year. I think I said on the air at the time, one of the great racing experiences I've ever witnessed. And uh, last year when the Silver Crown cars were at Belleville, and I can't wait to get back over there and see that again. I know how insane it was in 2015 when we went there with ASCS and Brian Brown, being the the half-mile ace that he is, went from 11th to win. And just the sheer speed they were carrying around that track. And and this is with a spec hit at 360, and they're averaging 140 miles an hour. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, and Silver Crown's one of those. It's kind of like the big block modifieds. Always thought they were just the coolest things on the racetrack. So that's I'm really looking forward to, to actually finally being able to not only attend a Silver Crown event, but to be a part of the action as well in commentating. And we had Robert Ballou on uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago now, and now that he's added to the mix, that even makes it more fun. Robert Ballou in a Silver Crown car in Belleville. Robert Ballou, he doesn't have much of a filter on his his opinion about everything, really. He doesn't have much of a – he's just kind of wide open when it comes to his opinions, isn't he? Well, and that's something that I feel like a lot of times in the sport we we miss is, you know, somebody's got to be the heel. Somebody's got to be the bad guy. And he does it so well. He does a great job. You know, and, and he, do, he doesn't shy away from giving his opinion, but, you know, that's something you can admire about the guy is he's going he's gonna to let you know what he thinks. And, you know, he's, you know, it's gotten him in some hot water in the past, and, and he's learned from it. But he's one of those you know where you're going to stand. Yeah. He he works for uh, Scott Gronk, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's a working man. He's a working man. <laughs> he, you know, he, he just drives a truck during the week, and and you know what? I got to respect that for him, that uh, he, he works at that racetrack, and he works everywhere. Before I let you go, who are the one or two drivers that stood out, aside from the ones we've already talked about, that uh, maybe you didn't think about heading in to Winter Dirt Games that uh, stuck out in your mind, the people to watch in 2024? That's kind of a tough question. I mean, there's 15 guys following this thing, and every one of them is stout. I mean, they're... I don't think there's any one that's like, oh, man, I didn't expect that from them, or, you know, I was... they, They all are really, really good. So that's that's a tough one for me to answer because it's you basically any guy that's on this tour at any time I feel like is capable of winning. Yeah, no doubt. Brian, answer. We, we, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, 
Aaron Reitzel's going to be joining us next. Do you, you got any any questions for him? If he... uh, not off the top of my head. I know he's run a little bit different schedule this year, and it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, con- contending and contesting in Knoxville. He's already proven he he knows how to get around that place. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, bud. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Good luck to you the rest of the year with USAC. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. That's Brian Hobart. Hey, listen. Great gig for him. Listen. Who would be the obvious choice to replace Brian Hobart? Scotty Cook. Scotty Cook. Yeah, he'd do a good job. He could do it. But I'm not sure Scotty wants to work that hard, though. It's a lot of work. He might need a help next year. Well, he's at all the races anyway, is he not? Well, yeah, but but when you're the announcer of the series, when you're just the pit reporter. Well, he's announced races before. Yeah, he could. He 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 has, but I'm telling you, I'm not sure that he's going to want to do it. Hey, here's that photo that you were looking for there for you. Oh, really? That's the water truck. There's the water truck right there. On its side. Holy cow. And here's his leg. Holy crap. And there's another picture of it. Top of the truck. He got lucky, (laughs) didn't he? Yeah. Bubba and the water truck. Look at it up on that berm. See it up on the Uh outside. (laughs) He got a little too up on the berm. He's done that a couple times, right? He did at the Chili Bowl, correct, too? Am I not correct on that? He took a wild ride at the Chili Bowl. His arms were flinging out of the the car. Do you remember that when his arms were flying out of the car? How long ago was that? That That's been about 10 years ago now. Yeah, probably 10 years ago. He still uh, has, uh, so his pay. it's on his social media page. Bubba the Love Sponge. And he still has radio show and stuff. Why did he change it? It used to be called Mother Raceway Park. They changed the name to a car. Is he on satellite radio? I think so, and he has a couple of local things that pick him up in Florida. But I think they changed the name. Just if I don't know if I want to get in, I don't know if I want to get into everything. But Bubba had some issues with Hulk Hogan and a tape that was made of someone's wife. No, and, I, 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 I remember and that. Stuff. And so there was some. Yeah. So th- so I'm sure. Distancing your name from a build, you know, from a place to get you better, your advertising, you know, because there might be some people that don't want to advertise, right? That deal with that. That, That's just that's just what I'm saying. I I have no knowledge of anything, no inside information, nothing at all. But but I do know when you type in that name uh, on a Google search, you know what comes up. So I'm sure that you know changing the name ain't going to hurt business any right no doubt hey uh before we bring uh, aaron reitzel on let's uh remind everybody about what's going on at the national sprint car hall of fame and museum we got uh, the big sweepstakes going on the torch red corvette convertible they're going to be giving away again in 2024 and uh They'll have that car on display up there. It's a beautiful car. Z06 Corvette with a Z07 performance package and $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner. Or you can take the $100,000 option. I prefer to take the quarterback, the, the Corvette, 
as the option if it were me. Did, did you know what he just said? He just said quarterback. <laughs> Corvette. He's got the draft he's, th- he's thinking about Brock Purdy. He's got the draft no, on his mind. I'll take Patrick the quarterback. <laughs> you weren't thinking about Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. You thinking about Brock Purdy. No, I was thinking more of Patrick Mahomes. Whatever. Uh, anyway, to get signed up, go to winaz06corvette.com. They've also got the sprint car sweepstakes going on. They're going to be uh, drawing for that two days before Christmas this year in December. WinASprintCar.com, triple X chassis with an Al Parker 410 racing engine. It's race ready, and you can uh, win that as well. When the season opens up in April, uh, maybe a couple of weeks after that, they're going to be launching the Salute to Eldora Speedway uh, new display. And they've done a lot of new things at the Hall of Fame Museum, spruced the place up during the offseason. And, but it's open right now, seven days a week, so you don't have to wait till the start of the season to get up to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And don't forget the induction ceremony on June 1st this year. We'll see Brian Holbert up there that night calling the USAC non-wing sprint car races that night, uh, uh, June 1st. So all of that and the gift shop, SprintCarStep.com, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. All right, we're going to take a break for Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. When we come back, Aaron Reitzel is going to join us next here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, 
we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show is Aaron Reitzel. I've known this guy back, back in the day when his dad used to travel with him on the road. How about that, Aaron? <laughs> That's a time ago. That's a long time ago. How many years ago was that when your dad traveled with you? I think he traveled with you the first year that you were out on the tour, right? 
Yeah, I, I would say the last year probably was 2000, that he was full-time was probably 2011 or 2012 would, would definitely be the last years. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm just unbelievable the run that you had at uh, at uh, the Ronald Laney Memorial where you came from 20th to 5th place, man. That, that, that was a hell of a run, wasn't it? It was. It really was. And, I mean, what's crazy is, you know, and you don't you don't ever have feel it's hard to get that much confidence. But our car was so good all week that even going into the A-Main, I felt like with the right brakes and whatnot, I, I really had a good shot to win. Um, and I still think we probably, you know, I don't know. Who knows what, what would happen if we, you know, got – to second and race with him. You never know, but I definitely think we were still a car to win it if I, I just made one or two bad mistakes and then I got racing with one guy for way too long and to win it from to win it from 20, I said it was going to have to be a perfect race and there was just a couple of things that didn't go our way, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it, all in all though, it was, it was a great run and it was a lot of fun and what a what a way to I mean, I guess those that would be the last one I'll run, but what an amazing three tracks that they had to end the King of the 360s. Hey, Aaron, congratulations on the major win in Australia. This is, uh, this is the big event in Australia, is it not? And you walk out of there with the big win. How did that make you feel right after you pulled that off? It's definitely the big event over there. That That is their, I've probably said it a hundred times, but that is their Knoxville Nationals. It is, um, there's a lot of prestige in that event. It's, it's, a, it's massive. I mean, I don't think they can get any more fans there. It's, it's crazy the amount of people that go. Um, you know, last year was the first show I went, and after going, I, I, was, I was like, man, that's, that would be a cool one to win. And you had to go down there and win it. Um, it's crazy because a lot, a lot went into it on, uh, you know, not just the seller side, but, you know, I think we were preparing to go down there probably in June or July between getting a car ready here. You know, they bought a brand new car from us. So we got a car ready here and then, you know, you got to take it over to Indy, take it, drop it off at Mark Cooper's and, uh, you know, they put it on the container and, you know, not just the car, but, you know, wings and tail tanks and front axles and everything else. And, you know, so you're preparing for that so far out. So, yeah, a lot goes into it. Um, so it was really cool that all that hard work paid off. And, yeah, like you said, just to win a race like that, it was uh, it was pretty special. How much preparation does it take in order to go down to Australia and, and try to win that race? It just Tell, just kind of take us through the the process of trying to get the container ready and everything uh, prepared to run down there. Well, I mean, it's basically, like I said, I mean, you know, we raced there in January, and I was probably working on everything in May or June or July, somewhere, somewhere in there. And then, um, yeah, you're, you're basically, you know, getting – like building 
getting a team ready here to get it all, you know, torn back down and prepared to go in a container. And then you got to hope the container, you got to hope everything goes right. Right. They'll get caught up in customs and, you know, you never know what happens. And, you know, that container was actually supposed to be there a month earlier than what it was. And it didn't get there until a week before I arrived. Oh, wow. So we, they were already ha- had plan B ready to go. Um, luckily, I've been down there, you know, years prior. So they still have the first car that I ran. So we would have been okay. But we just kind of, we sent down a car, you know, just different stuff that I've been doing here that I seem to like better and more comfortable with. And so they, you know, the sellers, they busted their asses to get, to get it all put together and, uh, and whatnot, you know, cause you don't, you can't send it race ready. Yeah. No so, doubt. and, uh, you know, they still had a bunch of stuff over there in front of uh, rear ends and whatnot. So then they, uh, they got it all together and vinyled right before I showed up. So then I did my final little tweaks and yeah, I mean, just, it's a lot. Uh, there's a lot goes into it. I think I heard you say in one of the interviews down there that everything is just asked backwards. Everything's so different in setups and so forth. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know if it's because we're on the other side of the world or what. But you know, <laughs> they run they run a 18 wide growth right rear, so they don't have the. Uh, it really it's what it's like what. We we all ran over here, actually before my time, but I would say, like, it's the tires that they had, like, the early 2000s and stuff. So, it's just, it, it's a real floppy right rear, so you go over there and try to do what you know, but it's, it, it, it's you, you just get your stuff too tight, too quick, I feel like, and really, you don't do, it's weird because you don't do much over there, you just, just it's the tire is such a good tire. The cars are already really good. And you just, honestly, I feel like over there, the driver's more in the, more involved than it is here. It's actually, I mean, I hate to say, but I, I feel like the racing over there is even better. And that they're, they got way different rules and stuff than we have where, you know, where they're trying to go back to one inch wickers here, but over there, they still have dish wings with two inch wickers on them. Yeah. So it's, it's a different world over there, the way it races and just everything. Everything just from showing up to the track and going through, you know, you have to go through tech every night. They call it scrutineering, and it's a different world, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Say that word again, scrutineering. Scrutineering. I've never heard that. <laughs> Not me either. But you, yeah, so you gotta you gotta roll through tech every, almost like NASCAR. You gotta roll through tech every night before the races. Wow. That that's that's just absolutely amazing. What about the actual track conditions? How does that differ from? What you're used to here, here in the states? Um, you know, it, it's about the same. To where you'll get the tracks that don't seem to go away, and then you'll get the ones that get really slick, and then they'll have to rework them through the middle of the night. Um, it, I would say it's about the same. You, um, the the first track I ran when we got there was really good. The, I mean, the cushion was built up on the wall, so like we were literally getting up on the wall. So that was a lot of fun. And then the last night, the classic, you couldn't ask for any better. It was pretty much slick across it with just a little bit of moisture on the top and bottom. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield, uh, I don't know what – did you see what happened to him? And James McFadden got caught up in it too. What were you thinking when that occurred? I, I, th- I think he just 
there was a little hole in uh, three and four, and you know, I showed him a nose a few times, and I think he was kind of just trying to figure out where I was running. And uh, I think, you know, just driving real hard, and he just kind of got up and got in that hole and got up in the fence. And luckily I, I seen him start to bounce up in the wall, so I started turning down immediately. And, well, I mean, it was everything I had to miss him. And, you know, I guess by the time I got turned down the hill, James uh, was already just, it was too late for him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what What is the plans for you this year, Aaron? Are, are, are you going to run any high-limit races? Are you going to run Knoxville? What's the plans this year? We're going to just do what we did years previous. We're going to, you know, if weather looks good for all these, the outlaws and high-limit shows that are coming up in, you know, the Oklahoma, Texas area, we'll go run them. Um, you know, there's a lot of Friday races where we can go hit an outlaw show or a power eye show. You know, that's been a that so far that's been a really good series. Yeah, their no four ten uh portion. Um and they pay five thousand to win as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and it's great. I mean, hell, and then even even the ones we ran at the end of uh end of November. I mean, they had a uh five, a seven, and a twelve thousand to win at the end of November. And they were both a good racetrack, so that was awesome. Um, but no, we we just we just hit and miss what We'll we'll hang when Knoxville starts. We'll primarily just run Knoxville, but we will go run Fridays at, like I said, the Power Eye or the um, High Limit or Outlaws. And then when the when the year ends, we'll just we'll run around with Power Eye or Outlaws or High Limit. What and just wherever weather looks good, wherever money's at, just yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll pro. I mean, my end my end goal is I'll be home every weekend, every weekday. So I'll be home every week, um, and we'll still I'll still run probably sixty seventy races. Well, you're a family man now. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big part of it. Um, Carson Carson team is being every sport that's available. So we got we've got a lot of events we go to there with him, and yeah, you know I you know I did I did all the traveling and. I I loved every minute of it, but just where I'm at with my life now and where the age my kids are at and stuff, yeah, um, I don't. I'm just ready to be home and do all that with them, and you know maybe one day when when the kids are probably in their upper teens and you know they want nothing to do with mom and dad, we might I might go back out on the road one day, but you know who yeah. knows? Yeah. Hey, how's Carson doing as a driver? Is he doing all right? Well, he's he's all sports right now, but he. So we had to get we gave him an option. We if we either going to race, and no sports, or we were going to do sports and not race. Right. We, we weren't going to do both, and I honestly lean towards I was him doing sports because one he's a natural athlete. He's super good at anything he does, which he must get that from Shelby. Right. Uh, <laughs> So he, but he, he does, he plays, he plays basketball, then he plays travel baseball, and then he'll be in soccer, then he's in football. He does it all, but I, I told him, I, you know, you can always race later. I, I told him, I think you need to play sports and be a kid. And, you know, we live in a neighborhood, so, and, I, and so he can get on his bike and just ride down the road and go 
you know, get with find his friends that he's in sports with and go play with them and whatnot. So I, I enjoy, I like what he's doing right now. He's just being a kid. And yeah, we can, like you said, we can always race later, but his racing when he did race, he was pretty damn good. It was, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. So if, if, if the message is there, if from what I'm taking from it, is it's good to hang out with the kids in the neighborhood and, and, and socialize with them a little more than go to the racetrack every week, right? That's what I, that's what I feel like. Um, just, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you can make friends with the kids at the racetrack, which is great. It's awesome. But, yeah, if you're, if you're playing sports, I feel like if you're doing it in sports and whatnot, and, you know, we live in Knoxville, so he's, he's in sports with all the Knoxville kids and whatnot. So, yeah, like I said, he's, you know, he's, he's, actually, he's being a kid, and I feel like that, I feel like I said, we can race later. But I think being a kid is more important for right now. Right, no doubt. I want to know what the aftermath was of winning that big race out in Australia. The fan reaction, uh, local media, what was that like? It's pretty crazy. Um, so the, the way they do it there is, you know, where we here, we, um, you get out and you do the big interview and all that, and that's it, right? Well, there, you get out and you kind of just do a little interview. You take some photos, but then they take you to the grandstand side and then you're up on this big platform, stand like you're standing above all the fans. And then that's when they do the big interviews and they do all the podium photos and all that. So they, they're really good about fan interaction over there. But, um, yeah, that was, that was cool and I mean, as, as you can imagine, when in a race like that, we uh, we had a few beverages after the races and watched <laughs> the sun come up. So that was uh, that was pretty cool too. Are the fans similar to what you have here in the United States? How different are the fans over there? Um, I would say it's similar. You know, they they get into it for sure, and like, I think they uh, the fan interactions. I think they uh, they're they're strict on age limits so they do a they don't you know not let you have to be at least 16 to get in the pits so they do a good job at fan interactions before during and after the races for you know the kids and whatnot that can't come into the pits yeah no doubt uh, when, i mean you spent some uh, quite a bit of time over there it's like moving over there for a while you were over there for quite a while just what it's like to live in Australia for a period of time. Is the well, I, is the food different over there? Um yeah, it it's quite it's quite different. I mean, you used to have your similarities, but it is different. You still got you still got your McDonald's and whatnot, but um <laughs> yeah, it's got a different taste. I'm not a big food critic, so it doesn't bother me. I know there's a few people that aren't big fans, but um they definitely, one thing that's crazy is their portions are a lot smaller. So even like when you go to McDonald's and you order, I'll just say a double meat cheeseburger and large fry here, it would really be like a, 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 just a regular single meat with probably almost maybe a small to a medium fry. So it, it, it is weird over there how the portions are way smaller, but um, like, no, but 
what you were asking living over there. Luckily for me, going over there with the sellers, um, you know, we're the well, first time I went over there, we clicked like almost like family now. And so I stay at their house and we make it back to their house a lot. So for me, when I'm over there, I'm not, it's not really, I'm not stuck in a hotel or anything. I'm at their house and, you know, they've got a lot to do around there. So it's actually a really good time. I got one final question to ask you about that. Traveling back and forth between Australia and the United States, uh, that take quite a bit of time to get reacclimated back to life here in the United States after making that long trip? Not really. And then the flights, the flights, um, like when they arrive and whatnot, it's pretty good about not getting jet lag as well. So um, this year was the first year that I was kind of jet lagged when I got home. But like I said, after the races, we kind of had, we had a big party and we stayed up all night. So then I slept all the way home, then to stay awake on the plane the whole time. So I kind of got myself all screwed up on that, but normally it's it's not bad. Um, but I will this time I timed it from the time that my wife dropped me off at the airport to the time that they picked me up at the airport. It was 32 hours. So that that's pretty crazy. That is. So, Man, that's crazy. That, so yeah. I, I imagine that, that that your wife and the, the family they were pretty excited watching the the flow racing coverage and whatever the name of the Australian streaming service is. I, I can't remember right now. So they were all back here watching in the middle of the night while you're racing, right? Yeah, they all, they all watched it there. I don't think I had any family mem- uh, member that didn't get up for, it, you know, cause we were, we were starting on the pole and then, um, the, you know, the dash, I fell back two spots. So I ended up starting third, but everyone knew we had a good shot to win it. So, I know a lot of a lot of people stayed up for it, and it was. Uh, I got back to my phone, and I, I mean, by the time I got back, I, it was still probably five or six a.m. You know, here. Right. Uh, I got back to my phone. I couldn't believe the amount of text. I think I had like, I think I had like a hundred and five text messages or something. So I, I couldn't believe the amount of people that were up to watch it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Aaron, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you win a few of those high limit races this year. You think you got a chance at at that? I do. Um, you know, just you know, East Bay didn't really show the speed that we have right now, but I'm super confident in my car right now. Um, and my team, Brian and Lisa Ridge, they've they've done an amazing job at giving us everything we need and allowing us to do what we do. And I'm I'm super confident in my stuff right now. So I feel like yeah, we have a great opportunity to win some races. Yep, no doubt. And even some World of Outlaw races too, not just high limit. Oh, no that? doubt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, no doubt about it. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate you Thank taking you the time. All right, thanks, buddy. Aaron. Congratulations on the big win. Thanks, guys. All right. There you have it, Aaron Reitzel. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring
outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, we've had a good show today. Chase Rodman, Brian Holbert, Aaron Reitzel. Pretty good uh, it's show today. A, it's, it has been a great show. And, uh, boy, we still got a lot going on the rest of today. Got the Daytona 500 starting a little more than an hour from now, and we see some uh, photos from the grid. The sky is blue, the sun is out, and the rain is out of here. And this thing is going to happen today. And can't wait to watch the Daytona 500. That's uh, you. You enjoy that, don't you, Scott? You've been there a number of times this race. I've You've been, seen it in I've, person, I've, I've, I've as been, we all have. I've been to that race. When was the last time you were down there, Kurt? 2000. Dale Jarrett won. I've been down there about uh, ten times, something like that. How many it's times? Been a while. It's how been many times? Four years since I've been down. How there. many times have I been down there? More than that, haven't you? About twenty times, probably. Yeah, you've been down there more yeah. than I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these days, we'll get back down to Florida. Love. It's been a while for me, but uh, I guess might have to be next year because with this year February Speed Weeks is over. After today, so, hey, uh, Kirk. but I keep saying we'll get back down there, but it's been a long time for me now. Did you see the announcement that Ambetter Health, the 400 is that, I don't know if you know that, but that's, that's kind of in Deidre's wheelhouse. She works for uh Centene Corporation, which owns Ambetter. So does that mean that uh, you're going to get some hospitality passes and all that kind of good stuff? No. I, I doubt I go to Atlanta. In, unless in, unless Deidre could go. But she's not. That's gonna. another place I haven't been to for a while. And since they redid the racetrack. You haven't been it, there it, since they redid the racetrack? Uh, no, I have not. Even the time before. Now, they've done it. 
they've redone the racetrack twice since I've been there. The last time I was there, Scott, was the old, old configuration where the front straightaway was on the other side at Atlanta. I haven't been there since they made it into a trial. What's that been, 25 years ago? Now, that tells you how long I've been down there. It's been a long time, but the most recent What year was the last time you went down there, Kurt? 95. 95. 1995. Dale Earnhardt won. Hmm. Uh, but the most recent change to the racetrack, they made it into a restrictor plate. Or not a restrictor, but a speedway race. It's like a day, mini Daytona Talladega now. The way they redid the racetrack and they've got the cars all bunched up. And uh, we'll see how that goes next weekend. Oh, by the way, the truck series is there next weekend. Do I have any hope that we're going to see a better race at Atlanta than we saw at Daytona on Friday night? No, I don't. But that's where the truck series is going to be next weekend. We'll see how that plays out. So, But I think NASCAR's got a big problem with that truck series right now. they got to get some things sorted out because the last Kurt, two races don't, have don't, not been good. Listen, why do you go off the deep end? You, you always go off the deep end and, and think that everything is just completely crap. Well, we've seen two races in a row at different types of racetracks Kurt, for the it, truck series, and it's not been good. Truck, truck racing is what it is, Kirk. You just have to put up with it. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, they, they got some issues to get sorted out. We'll what see kind of do. issues do they have? Too many crashes, too many wrecks, too much yellow flag. Uh, not good racing. That's been the last race of the year at you're, Phoenix you're, hey, and Kurt, the first race Kurt, of the year this year. You're too far, too far over the top. Just No, I don't think so. No. Truck racing has been good for a long time. Until recently. I agree Kurt, with you. It just has because been good they, until just recently. Just because they had 52 laps at Daytona under a caution doesn't mean that the the whole thing is well shit. i couple that with the bad race they had at phoenix at the end of last year now what's going to happen at atlanta do i have any hope things are going to be better at atlanta next weekend no i don't but we'll see i'm gonna tell you it's going to be a lot better race at atlanta than it is going to be at daytona i hope you're right daytona is just its own beast kurt well what how do you just explain so you know, just so you know there's always wrecks at Daytona. So how do you explain the bad race at Phoenix last year? Uh, you know, I, you go too far back on. Uh, I, I I don't it remember. Was the most I don't even remember. I don't even remember the race at Phoenix. It was the honest. last race of the year at at Phoenix. I don't two even races. I in don't a row. even remember that race. We're talking two races in a row here. The last race of the previous season and the first race of the new season. And now we're going to Atlanta where the bunched up hey, car trucks Kurt, are going to be Kurt, at play. You go off the deep end too too quick. I'm just telling you. You 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 always you always kind of go off the deep end a little I bit think too you're far. Wrong about that. No. I don't go off the deep end. You do. We'll see. Okay, let's just watch what happens next weekend at Atlanta, and then we'll come back here and talk about I, I, it. I, I, I hope I, I'm wrong. I, I, I hope you are wrong. I hope wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I will say this. 
the race. I think we're going to see a good race at Daytona this this afternoon. The Daytona 500. I don't think we're going to see a whole bunch of yellow flags in this race today. I don't think so. We saw a couple of crashes during the duels on Thursday night, Kurt, but I, I think Kurt, we'll see some good action. There's today. always the big one in the Daytona 500. There will be. There's no always doubt. the big one in the Daytona 500. There's I, all, I have no, and, and no never doubt fails. It. There's there's always one yep. big wreck in Daytona. I think so and we'll see that again right. today. But I don't. I think we're going to see an entertaining race this afternoon. Uh, I don't. See, I don't see any reason based on the races we saw on Thursday night to think otherwise. So I, what happens in the Xfinity race tonight? All of that is going to be far better than what we saw on Friday night in that truck series race. I, I, I just think you're, you're going off the deep end too much. That's all I'm saying. Well, just hang on to those thoughts, hey. and we'll see what happens today hey. and next weekend. So what do you think about Joey Logano's chance of winning that race tonight? I think they're as good as anybody. Sits on the pole, got a fast race car. He's won this race before. It was nine years ago, 2015, when he won the race. Uh, but he didn't have such a good year last year. If you remember, 2023 was not a stellar year for Joey Logano after winning the championship in 2022. So they can they get some of that mojo back? I think they did a little bit by getting the pole for this race, but... It's been a while since Joey. He only won one race last year, Scott, and that was at Atlanta in March of last year. Right. So they. Uh, what do you they think, need Jimmy? To get their mojo back. What do you think, Jimmy Johnson's chances of winning are? I think they're. I I think they're as good as Eric Jones, who I picked to win this race. He's starting teammates. He's starting twelfth, Kirk. Yeah, yeah he's I, on the twelfth row. And he's starting 23rd. I think they're as good as the driver that I picked to win this race, which was his teammate, Eric Jones. So, yes, Jimmy Johnson has as good a shot to win this race as many of the others. I say he has no chance. No chance you, of how winning. How can you say that? Jimmy Johnson doesn't have the car that it takes to win the race. I think he does. I don't think he does. I think he's got as good a car as Eric Jones has to win this race, and that's my pick. So, Jimmy Johnson has won this race twice before, so he knows how to he knows how to get the checkered flag. So, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Jimmy Johnson win this race. No more than anybody else. I'm I'm pulling for Christopher Bell, or what's his name, or what's his name. <laughs> What's okay, it? who's that? The 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 guy took over for Harvick. Harvick, Josh Berry. Josh Berry. Yeah, where's he starting at? Oh, he start he's starting thirtieth. Josh Berry is starting thirtieth, and he's going to be. Uh, that's that's a long ways to get through the field. To be honest with you, yeah, but doesn't he, really. He, he might get in a wreck before. That happens. Does it really matter where you start in these speedway races? Yes, it does. Because if you start at the back, you can get caught up in some carnage. Yeah, but at, on the other side of that, if you are able to maneuver your way through 
the majority of the race, you can find yourself up at the front, even though you're starting at the back. So if you can avoid the big crashes and stay out of trouble, which Josh Berry is certainly capable of doing, he can find himself up towards the top. It wouldn't surprise me anybody in the top 10 coming down the final 10 laps of this race. That's how unpredictable this thing is. Yeah, there are some more favorites than others. Denny Hamlin going for his fourth and, you know, the drivers that have won this race before. I get all that. Todd, who are you picking? How how many times? Just look at this, Scott. The last three years have been surprise winners. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. last year, Austin Sendrick two years ago, Michael McDowell surprised everyone Ricky Stenhouse is one, so it you can't be surprised by anybody who finds himself the winner of the Daytona. Ricky 500. Stenhouse is starting thirty fifth. You think he's got a chance to win? Yes, hmm. yes, he does. Who thought that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was going to be a player a year ago? Did you think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was going to win this race before it started a year ago? Ricky Stenhouse is an exceptional plate racer. Yeah. Just so you know. It's it's not restrictor plates anymore. But he, he is really good at Daytona. I, I I he's always got a shot of winning. But yes, he's got a chance at thirty fifth. That's what I'm saying. Denny Hamlin probably win. Kyle or um Christopher Bell's who I'm pulling for, but don't don't sleep on Ty Gibbs. That's the name that's gonna you watch. He's starting up front towards the front there. It's one of those names that driving a Gibbs car, driving yep, a Gibbs no car. Doubt. It's a name that you could see win in the 500 and maybe not anything else the rest of the year. And well, since, you remember when he won the road race down there at yep, Daytona, the, absolutely. no doubt in the Xfinity so, series. He's my outside uh, one of his shot. first ever races. So he's in the your Xfinity long shot. My long he shot is the road course yep, Ty Gibbs. My long shot. Christopher Bell is who I want to pick, and I'm going to say Denny Hamlin is your probably your winner. So, and that'll be a name driver. Unlike what we have, you know, yep, it's been no in the doubt. past. So. And I'm sticking with Eric Jones, the winner of the Daytona 500. That's my pick. I, I'm still, uh, I'm picking Christopher Bell or Josh Berry to win well, the race. pick one of them. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I'm picking Christopher Bell to win. There you go. Yeah. No doubt. He could do it. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We want to thank our guests today, Chase Rodman, Brian Holbert, and Aaron Reitzel for joining us on the show. We can't thank you enough for tuning in. Again, thank you so much for doing so, and uh, we'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll see you Saturday morning on Track Talk.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years.